Ladies, thank you for joining us today. Um, we've been speaking on uh, the fruits of the spirits, different ones. Um, I've taken self-control, and in Second Peter 1, 5 through 7 was our verse. It says, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge add to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love so um i've gathered some bible verses for us today um it's told me in my my search that there's over 108 verses on self-control so if he's speaking to us that much it's it's um pretty important and i found that in my search that without self-control there's not a lot of the fruits of the spirits that we can exhibit so i'd like to start with um It's Galatians 6, 7 through 9. It says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh they will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so it says, um, do not become weary in doing good. So it's an effort. It's an action word. It says, for the Spirit of God did not make us timid, but he gave us power, love, and self-discipline. And that's Second Timothy one seven. So that self discipline is actually another translation of self control. Yes, they're interchangeable. When I was looking up the verses. So when I when I think about that, I think about it's something God gives us. It's yes, it's an action word. We have to still step forward and use it, but it is something He gives us. Right. Is that what you found? Yes. Did anybody else see anything on that? What I read about it was um, self-control in, in alcohol, drugs, even the movies and stuff you watch. So <laughs> it kind of went in depth where I was looking at it. A little more than just self-discipline, but to control yourself. In those ways too. Well, in Galatians five sixteen through eighteen, so I say, walk by the Spirit. You will not gratify self the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. There are conflicts with there are conflict with each other, so that you are not to do what you want, but to be led by the Spirit. So you are not so you are not under the law. So the key to being led by the Spirit is to not give in to temptation. 
and in Galatians 5, 24 through 25, those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with a passion and desire. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Does anybody have any examples of that? I can, I can say that there are times, especially when I was younger, young adult, that um, when I knew something wasn't right, and yet I don't even know that I was tempted as much as I was being pressured. Um, it was the, you know, I'm thinking of different times when I've just cried out and said, Lord, you know I don't want to do this. I don't like this, Lord. Take it from me. Can you just get this away from me? And I can tell you, every time I cried that out, it wasn't like I was trying, oh, it's such a temptation. But when that comes, and some may think temptation, for me, it, I, like I said, I felt more pressure and not strong enough to stand against pressure. Um, I really felt God's protection over me, like he stopped it. Holding its dead tracks. <laughs> right, and saying that. Can you read this one for us? It's where the little circle is, and you read the glass. And I went and actually found the Bible. Down at the very bottom where the circle is, and then on the back part. So it goes, in, it goes with what she was saying, yeah. But I need 
Okay, so let's look at somebody who had self-control. How about Daniel? How did Daniel live his life? You know, from, from the very beginning. You know, look at him. He didn't give in to, you know, having all those pleasures of the food that was there. And, you know, and, and he was in prayer all the time and, you know, seeking what God wanted for him and, you know. And he was just a young teenager. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was just a young guy. When he first was taken into captivity by the Babylonians, he was just young. And how he stood his ground, you know, the whole time. And I think, too, like having a plan, you know, if you're going to be hanging out with certain people that, you know, they're not the greatest, but you want, you know, maybe you're trying to encourage them, you know, have a plan, you know, so he, he was always, Daniel was always in prayer and, you know, he, he sought God's God's wisdom and, you know, so he had a plan, well, maybe I can go to the the guy that was in charge that was for serving the food. Yeah. How about if we try this? See if I don't, you know, look good, you know? So, and God is faithful when we're faithful with him. You know, or think about when, when um, he was going, or Meshach, Radshach, and Abednego. You know, they didn't, get, they didn't give in, you know? They had a prayer life. They were doing the things that they were doing, seeking God. So those are all examples that we can take, you know, and they didn't, and God was faithful. You know, that was a miracle there. So just how he can work miracles in our life today. Or when the command came for him to, um, you know, they tricked him, the, the people that, you know, that were around him that were trying to get him and tricked him into the king giving that decree about worshiping only their gods, you know. But yet he went three times a day with his window open and prayed, you know, because it was like he stood his ground on it. Mm-hmm. Daniel, yeah. that is. Let's back up a little bit. How about the verse itself? Did anybody, you know, in our little thing, we're supposed to be key words in it? Right, having the faith that we can do the next right thing, the goodness, staying in the word, building on our knowledge, you know, having that self-control and persevering through different things that we might have to, which gives us the godliness. But I, I thought the very, in, and I'm reading from the message, um, for this reason, make every effort. So again, it's not passive. It's not something that's just going to come. We have to be in there and fighting for it and making every effort. Every effort. Is it First Peter or Second Peter? Second Peter. Right. Second Peter. Okay. And one of the things that I was telling Corley, her and I were talking about it a couple days ago, and I told her, to me, I, I see a pattern in it. It says, but also for this very reason. Um, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, 
virtue, knowledge. So like if you have virtue, add to that knowledge. When you have knowledge, then you're going to add to that self-control. And then when you have self-control, you're going to add to that steadfastness. Um, and then it goes to godliness, you know. So to me, it looked like a pattern that kind of builds on each other. Always getting better? Well, always adding to, you know. I, I guess in order to be, have self-control, you really would have to have knowledge of what God wants. Once you have that self-control, it creates a steadfastness in you. Then you're, you can be, um, you know, not like that, that sail that's tossed back and forth in the storm, but you can be, have that constantness once you have self-control, once you're filled with God's knowledge. And when you're steadfast, you can then, then comes godliness. When you have godliness, then comes mutual affection and then brotherly love. So um, I know for me, unless I have the knowledge of God, it would be hard to have self-control. What am I controlling myself if I don't know what God wants? Mm -hmm. yeah, it's nice to know we don't have to be expected to have it all at once. That right. we work towards it with God's help. Well, or that one that Corley just read in, in Romans. Um, the 17 through 25? Yeah, that one. Um, what was it, Romans 7? 17 through 25. Yeah, like on that one. And, and I like that. That was the message that you read it in. Right. Because this, I just went and grabbed this one off the back. And this is a new King James. And um, so with this one, you know, it's that whole, I want to do good, but I can't do good, and I don't understand why I can't do good. I don't want to do evil, but evil lives in me, you know. And then at the end, I like on where it says on at the very end, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, that who's with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but the flesh of the law is sin. There is therefore now no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. God sees that in us. He sees that, you know, you want to do good, you want to do what's right, you want to please him to serve him, and he sees that. Right, so in 1 Peter, so this one is 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7, not to get confused, okay? It says, humble yourself, okay? So there it is. She's talking about we want to do what we want to do, but, you know, so we have to be humble, Therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. So it's like, we want this, we want that, you know, but God is going to ultimately lift us up. And then it's casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. So, And um, we were talking, it says here, humility. Oh, and then right below it is that verse you were talking about, about the devil... Um, walking around roaring is the next verse. Oh, is it? Yeah. Read that, Susie. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So any anything that we are experiencing, other Christians throughout the centuries have experienced that. And it's saying the humility that we're we're um, humbling ourselves is it needs it's a care humility is a needed character trait that is perfect for gaining self discipline and being being gentle. 
So did you have some character traits for us, Dawn? Yeah, she pretty much mentioned all of them. Well, go for um, it again. <laughs> faith, virtue, knowledge, self-control. Where's my page? <laughs> so fair. Perseverance, godliness, brotherly con kindness. You called it something else. Kind, uh, brotherly kindness. Is brotherly like affection. Like yeah. Love and... Uh, and that's the eight. But the love I thought was neat is like a godly love, you know, God's love. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right, and when we can't extend it, we can can let God do it for us. So there was a verse that was in our, well, it comes up in my little phone under when we have our um, plan that we're reading. It was to the effect that we have to show love to those that hate us. You know, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that we, we can do that. We can't do that, you know. It brings me, so John, uh, in um, John 8, 3 through 11, Jesus was expected to pass judgment. I'm thinking of the woman that, that they all wanted to stone. Mm -hmm. Jesus could have hastily <coughs> condemned the woman for breaking one of the laws that was handed down through the times of Moses. He could have disgraced those who were accusing the woman by name, naming their sins publicly, you know, the men that were there. But when he, um, but he was way too disciplined to, haste, to be hasty and, hurt, and have hurtful actions. You know what I'm talking about, Carla? Mm -hmm. Not really. Remember when uh, where he drew the line in the ground and they wanted to stone the woman that was caught in adultery and, you know, yeah. And little by little, all the men were walking away. So he chose compassion, mercy, and justice instead of quickly casting judgment. But I like what you said, Corley, that, because, um, yeah, it's so many times, you know, I'm, I'm not someone who kind of gets irritated easily, I think. You know, I try not to, but um, I don't have to love that person, but Christ in me can love that. I don't have to try to work up some kind of not sincere love. I can just let the love of Christ flow through me. I find if I pray for them, that's something I can do, pray to help them or something like that. Because loving them is, is very different. Mm -hmm. But yeah, praying for them and that, that just puts it in God's hands. Yes, I like that. So, and in saying that, so you think about people, you know, we're, we're not here to judge and stuff, but you see people that, that are out there that they have no control of their finances, their morals, you know, their relationships with other people, their attitude towards other people, they're complaining, you know, maybe they're out there excessively drinking or, or gambling and then, you know, woe is me, you know, and, and so they're not taking control and having self-control of of their selves, you know? And it's hard to not become irritated with those people. You know, when you when you're you're setting yourself up and you're doing living the life but still Jesus expects us to you know like that that woman, like those men, you know. He expects us to exercise the self-control and and not be judgmental. But we can only do it through the Holy Spirit, you know stepping back and 
but it's hard to show compassion for those kind of people that are in our lives. I think you have to just be really um, aware that you can't, but Christ in you can. Mm -hmm. I always pray So in Galatians 2.16, know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So we too have to put on the faith of Jesus Christ that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because of the works of the law, there will be, no one will be justified. So Galatians what? 2.16. You know, so it's it's hard as, you know, and even our Christian brothers and sisters, you know, you see them and they're, like we said, they're, they're, they're weak. You know, maybe they're not in the word like they should be in, you know. So. And it's so quick to judge in our society today. Because we hear so much of what's going on and it's easy to judge and say, oh, what a bad person they are. Yeah, that's a well, hard one. You know, this is something you guys should check out with Pastor because I'm just, I'm not positive I'm saying it right or I'm thinking right. I wish Kim was here. Wished you were here, Kim. Um, it seems like what I've read is that there's like two different groups of people. Those outside the body of Christ, those I don't think we're to judge. Those I think we're to pray. Inside the body of Christ, I think there's a process. Um, if I see Carla every night at Honda gambling all her money away, I would I would go to her and say, Carla, this isn't, uh, you know, what you should be doing, or this isn't a good witness. I would go to her and say something. I can judge that it's not right, or it's, you know, and she's drinking while she's there, and they're having to carry her away, you know. And she's smoking. And she's smoking. Smoking <laughs> what? Huh? But you know, then as a as a sister, I would go to someone who's in the body of Christ and say, "This isn't right." Carla continues to do it. I might take Corley with me, and we'd go and talk to Carla. You know, then if she's still doing it, maybe we'll go get Pastor. And all along with an attitude of prayer. You know, not to judge to throw you out, but judge to help. And I kind of think that's how it works. Within the body of Christ, there is kind of a something. What do you, have you guys thought about that at all? Because, see, outside the body of Christ, I don't, I think our, we're called to love. Because how are we going to bring people to Christ if we're Christ not loving them? them? You know, that's kind of what I think. But within the body of Christ, um, I think it, yeah, it, it, I think we do have a responsibility if we see someone going off wrong. Mm -hmm. Well, think of the example of Joseph, how he, you know, I mean, here, here come his brothers after all these things that they have done to him. And, you know, probably weren't the nicest to him when he, you know, the dad was showing favoritism when he was growing up. And so they decided they're going to get rid of him. Mm -hmm. So all these years later... I mean, he could have just wreaked havoc on him, you know, but he exercised the self-control and 
you know, decided. I mean, he was sad. You know, he was prob probably mixed emotions. Glad to see him after all these years. But, you know, and he's human. Was he thinking back of the prison that he had to do and, you know, all the things that had happened to him and, you know, but always under the hand of God and doing what God wanted to him. And he exercised self-control and, you know. Or the self-control he exercised with Potiphar's wife. Right, huh? You know, he could have jumped on out there and he didn't. Right. I, I like David because he demonstrated self-control, exhibited that self-control, but also not. You know, and that's probably more me. There are times I can have self-control and there's times I don't. You know, and so that was more, and yet he had a heart for God. So there's hope for, there's hope for the rest of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It seems like when I start gaining self-control in one area, I start lapsing in another. Oh. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What I've read right here is no one is perfect, but we should aim to be perfect. Christians continually striving to grow in these eight characteristics of of spiritual mortality, right? Yeah. Right, little by little, just as the in the in our our main idea of building building upon those precepts, you know. Yeah. Or think about Esther. I'm, I'm thinking about you know after after she, um, you know, they had they were pampered pampered. It said for a whole year I was doing a Bible study, and mm -hmm. you know she was very humble. And, you know, and, and you think about people that pray for us, you know, her uncle praying for her and raising her in a godly way and stuff, you know. So we, we you know, some of us have had that, you know, and, and so, I mean, she could have, I think about it, she could have picked, you know, the jewelry, all the jewelry that she wanted, you know, the, the treatments, the pampering treatments and stuff. And she was, hum she had a humble <clears throat> character and, you know, was gentle and so and she's rewarded yes mm -hmm. and did what she could have let all the jewish people die she kept her secret mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so in um in first corinthians 9 24 through 27 Carla, will you read that right here? First Corinthians 9, 24-27 Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in <coughs> such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the game goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave, so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Right, so that's what we're doing it for God's glory. Nice voice, Carla. <laughs> we're doing it for God's glory. You know, in in Second uh, Timothy one through seven, says, "For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, 
love, and self-discipline. Did anybody have anything else that they wanted to add? Any? Well, I like this one too in Proverbs 25, 28. It says, whoever has no rule over his own spirit, it's like a city broken down without walls. So in another version it says, he who has no self-control over his spirit um, is like a city broken down without walls. And so I just said, um, when a man has no self-control, he has no protection. Right. So and if you think about it, let me see that. In, in, in the message, the message puts it this way. So it is Proverbs 25, 28. Like a city broken in with no walls, you kick in. So it's like you're doing it to yourself, you know? I like that. You, you knock down that protection, that wall of protection that the Lord has for you when you step, step outside of his, of his boundaries. It's, it's, um, I find it, the message is kind of, a, I can relate to it. Where is that one that I read? Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man will sow what he reaps. You know? You find sometimes in the message it's a little crude, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and that's what, it, where did I have it? Um, that we live in a world, let me see where I have that. We live in a world that has become a cesspool. You know, it's crude out there. You know, if he, he didn't, you didn't, Jesus didn't say he was in the synagogue a lot and he was, you know, preaching to groups of people, but he went out into that world where it was crude, you know? Yeah. And we think we're going through bad times. Look what he Oh, yes. Right. And then I want to finish with Revelations 21 7. Those who are victorious will inherit all this and will be, those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. Well, thank you ladies for coming and um, I hope that sparks some interest and like I said, there's 108 or more verses on self-control, so just say steadfast. So I thought this book